Welcome to The Conversation, a podcast about technology, instructional design, and the learning sciences. In this episode, Clara and I talked to Grace and Jan, who are international students and who are not only going through remote teaching and learning, but also taking an online class on online learning that I'm teaching and having to design their own online units, if you can keep track of that. Now, this episode was recorded a while back, and because of more time-sensitive episode, I had to push this back a little bit. But I do have the same course starting up right about the time this is going to come out on Monday, so hopefully still relevant. It's always interesting and important to hear how all this is impacting international students. So before we get started, can you please introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Grace. Uh, I'm from China, and I'm doing my master's degree in uh, at Fire University, and my major is Educational Technology. I'm glad to join this podcast to share my learning experience with you. Hi, I'm Yan, and I'm also from the south of China. I'm, I'm purchasing a master's program in Educational Technology currently at Adelphi University, and my undergraduate major is Digital Media and Design, and I'm also very happy to join this podcast and talking with you guys to share my experience with designing the online unit. I wanted to first start with, before you started taking any online classes here, what were your experiences or what were your perceptions about online learning? I thought that online class were mainly based on the uh, instructional videos provided by the teachers. But when I took the course, I found that a well-designed online class can be so interesting. And I learned a lot of the new skills. Uh, for example, I can design the chatbot, I can design the adaptive quiz and the directed tutorial. But I think the biggest uh, takeaway from this class for me is that I began to realize that the importance of the students' participation in class. And it is really important to cultivate the students' active learning ability. And in the articles we have learned, many of the principles of online course designed uh, emphasize the students' participation in the classroom. So I didn't. I don't think the this kind of classroom participation is simple. Just to ask uh, answer the uh, the teacher's question, and it is about to get the students into the classroom and getting the student to be the center of the class. And the students are no longer is uh, outsiders. My expect for the online class is more simple because in the past, before I take this online class, I think online class may be just uh, require students to watch the online videos and finish their online assignments and submit uh, the papers or kind of things. And But after I taken this online class, as you just talked about, it's more interesting. And I found that there are very types of ways that instructors can use their online class or to design their online class. And also teacher can combine uh, online learning with traditional face-to-face teaching, such as the, the flip classroom. So you both mentioned this shift in your thinking about participation and student participation in online classes. So are there uh, ways of participating that you feel can allow for more student participation in online learning? Um, What do you think about that? There is an advantage for online class to uh, help the student participate in the discussion. And because in the traditional classroom, only one student can uh, speak at the same time, right? Only one student can talk to the teachers what they uh, what he thought. But in the online class, they can share their ideas, use the, uh, for example, the, the form discussion or the white thread, and they can do it at the same time. And they can listen to everyone's idea. Also, I think there is uh, one more uh, advantage that online class can allow students to take part in the class and don't limit it to the students' kind of the location. Like right now I'm in Ohio and I still can join this online meeting with you guys and share my idea and what I think about online learning. As you know, my field is working with international students and learning more about how technology can help with language learning. So I want to hear from you your experience as a multilingual learner, right? Like myself, for example, some of my students say that being allowed to have more time to respond in online discussions, for example, is good for them because they can think, they can elaborate their English. So what's your opinion about that? Is that your experience too? Uh, Yeah, I... 
I have the experience that uh, because I can have more time to think about what the teachers talk and what what is the discussion topic, and I have time to to give my opinion. So I think yeah, this is a good way that technology can help us to learn the, the another language. And also, um, I think technology has a lot of ways to help people to learn the uh, second language because there is some tools that can help us to improve our, for example, English, because English is not my mother language. And sometimes if I need to read some articles written by English, I need, I find some, some words is, I don't know the words meaning. And in the traditional way, I should find a dictionary, but it, it really takes time. So technology can help us, uh, can help me to find the words meaning quickly and efficiently. And I can find the words, how to use the words, not only the the meaning, but also the usage. So I think this is kind of the ways that technology can help us to learn the, another language. For the online learning, for the special for language learning, that's one of the advantages that they can help students to use the various materials, and most of them are free. And I don't understand like what you just talk about, Professor Bob. You just like you are you specific to. Uh, like to mention this part for the the how language learners to learn their English or other languages in the online class, or they combine various of the technology when they were when they are learning. My question is more about, for example, when I have international students and me myself, really when I reflect about my way of learning, I feel that when I am in an online environment, I can I have more time and I can. Like Grace said, I can look up words. I can take my time to reflect and and produce a more elaborate response, and I can participate more and be more thoughtful. While in the moment-to-moment -moment of a traditional classroom, I feel pressured, and sometimes it's not my best work. Something like that. So I was wondering if you feel the same way about uh, your experience with online learning. Yes, I think online learning. Why I would learn English is that, just as you said, um, there's a lot of ways that I can figure out the trouble I met in the learning. Like I can use the electric dictionary or the e-books while I'm in the learning process. And it's more convenient than the traditional way for me. As students in an online classes, what are things that the instructor does in the online class that you really found useful? And also, what are things that don't work that you feel makes it harder for you to be as a student? Um, that is one thing I want to mention is that it's kind of the psych uh, psychological part because uh, I'm a kind of maybe a little shy. So I think maybe on the uh, online class, I, want, I can talk to the teachers, I can talk to professors, and I can share my opinion. Even in the English class, I, I will talk to the teachers use English, but but sometimes in the traditional classroom, it's really hard for me to talk to the professor or talk to the teachers. It's, it's just, I can't do that. So I think maybe, especially for the English class, because I'm not good at English. So I think the online class can give me some confidence or the safety that make me, uh, I can talk to my classmates or my professor. So I think maybe this is really important for a student that the student have the encourage to do some things they didn't do at the traditional classroom. I think one of the most uh, useful apps or the functions that in, in online learning is that uh, we can use the voice thread to post our comments and communicate with other classmates or our professors. And as uh, if like I, like, uh, I can be more confident as Grace talked that. Um, if I think like, when I record my comments, I think it's maybe I made some mistakes or I want to correct them. I just need to uh, rec record again and then upload the final version of my uh, voice uh, comments to the post and post them on the voice thread. So it's like we can have more chance to correct our mistakes while learning the uh, language learning. I have an other the classmates from other class and they also talk to me that they don't like the online class because they think it's uh, the online class they can start uh, get the new skill and the learning efficiency is very low 
And I think maybe is the first thing is the students maybe don't know how to start in online because uh, online learning needs the students' self-management, the time management and the, the self-study ability. And also the second is maybe the teachers didn't design the class very well to follow the principles to, to help the guided the student participate in the classroom. So I think the successful of an online class is not only the, the teachers or not only the students, but also the, the teachers should design a, a good class to the student and also the students should participate in the class. So I think it's the two side things. You know, definitely there's a difference between a well-designed and a not well-designed class. And that's true for online or, or traditional class. And I think it's important to put a lot of thought into it. And both of you are designing online units now in that class as well. So we're going to get to that in a second. But I do agree that online classes, one of the biggest challenges for students is that it does require students to be able to take better control over their learning, better self-regulation, better kind of metacognitive skills. And that's up to the instructor also to build in those questions and, and prompts as well. When I see the difference between students who do well and students who really struggle are um, that the differences between some students are not able to take control over the learning. They don't look through the material as closely and they don't, I don't know. I mean, there's only so much that I can do to show them the way. You can give someone a map, but they, they need to be willing to look at the map, right? <laughs> if they don't, if they just refuse completely, then I don't know how to help you. But I'm still trying to hopefully do better. Clara, I don't know if you... Uh, you have any kind of thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think about that all the time because um, it goes back to the idea of design, right, that uh, Grace was talking about. Another thing that I think adds to that that Grace was talking about too is that uh, knowing uh, how to participate online is a new thing for many students. And then do they, so I always ask, do they know how to participate? Do they, what kinds of help or support do they need to learn, right? How to participate? It's not something that can come automatically to students. And you both were saying that you had some impressions on online learning before you engaged with online learning. And some of those were, oh, I thought it was just watching some lectures or there's always something here on the notes about um, online learning being perceived as bad kind of uh, education, right? So I think that if the students come with the, those perceptions, some of them uh, will have a hard time engaging if they, they do not keep an open mind. So what made you two keep an open mind in relation to that? First, you should read a lot of articles about uh, every topic. And um, another thing is my teacher always gave me some guidance of, of thinking. And the teachers or prof uh, professors will lead me to think the questions day by day. And actually, I don't know anything about online class before. And I didn't, I'm not good at technology, <laughs> to be honest. And but now I think every, every step the teachers tell me and guide me to do about this not only the online class, but also another, for example, the, the writing class, the English writing class is also, I don't know how to write an academic paper, but she tell me uh, how to write it step by step and give me some um, feedback. And I think the, the feedback is very important to help the students to like the class. And because sometimes the students spend maybe two hours to finish a homework assignment and the teachers, if the teachers didn't give give any feedback sometimes the student will feel so upset and oh um you don't look at my work so sometimes i think the feedback the teachers give me is very important and tell me to have the interest in the class so i think this is kind of ways that get me uh always thinking about the topic and want to do it better and also sometimes uh, you will see the the grade and it's really important for me. And I, when I see a good grade, I think, oh, yeah, uh, I did a well good job and I will keep doing it. There was a limitation that I just find is that maybe uh, online learning is more benefit for the students who, also, who, who already have the basic foundation or the basic knowledge in this per, uh, specific area. Just take uh, learning English language learning as an example, like students cannot correct their accent 
at the beginning at the beginning of the learning uh, when they just start to learn the four regional language even though there are a lot of uh, technology can help them to correct their uh, pronunciations but they can they didn't know like how to make the right pronunciation or how to improve their uh, oral English at first and also for the reading part like um, online learning can uh, provide students uh, many uh, source that they can directly used and from the internet but they have too many choice they don't know which level is uh, better for them just as grace talked the, the good guidelines very also important i think that the more i think about this i think devoting some time in the beginning of the course to develop those skills is so important and right now that everyone is engaging in remote learning through online tools, right? Uh, I wonder about that. I wonder how the teachers and uh, college professors are, are, are or are not taking that important time to introduce um, students to those new technologies, how to participate, and also to design these guidelines that you were mentioning. So I think that's so important. What, what has been your experience across different kinds of courses and even i don't know if you know how this is happening in china so i'm curious to know more about uh what's going on from your colleagues or family if they are saying anything uh my undergraduate major is chinese, la uh, chinese language and literature and um to be honest uh, uh, our class didn't use too much technology and the one thing i we used is the slide the powerpoint and also about your talk about the the current thing, the current period that I saw many many of my uh, classmates. They are teacher now. They are teacher in China and also the uh, primary school teacher or the middle school teacher. And sometimes I talk to them, talk to about how they use the technology to do their teaching. And they told me that at first it it is really hard because everyone seems to the didn't like the kinds of teaching style. And they, the teachers need to learn more things because the, the online class is quite different from the traditional classroom. So they need to know how to operate this kind of technology. And then they should design their class. And also they should to supervise their students if they are studying or playing games. So it is really hard for them to do at the beginning. But uh, now, uh, after maybe one month, they it is it is things the the normal things for them to take the online class do online teaching. So I think uh, the, at the current uh, period, and uh, I think everything is good in the technology um, in the education in China. Uh, my undergraduate major is digital media and design. So uh, we do the like we learn how to use the social media or advanced technology in the traditional way, like face-to-face -to, -face to learn these machines. And so we do uh, kind of like combine the online learning and the traditional class together. Uh, in the class, we might need to learn how to operate these machines and all of the skills. But after class, we also need to uh, figure out, like to watch the videos or the resource that our professor provide to us. And we also, like in my major, we also have an online community that uh, allows students and um, teachers can t uh, talk with each other online, even uh, during the summer section. But there is one interesting is that my parents always think I would just play the computer games all the way. <laughs> when I, even though when I was taking the online class, like watching the video, they say, it's talk about, because I learned how to uh, painting the cartoon or 3D or 2D both way. And they just say that you are watching the animation, you're not study. <laughs> That's a little bit, I have no idea about that. So um, I think there is one important thing is that how parents think students when they were uh, take the online class. Yeah, just that's what, that's my experience about online learning. I feel like education is one of those things where we, you know, if we had a good education, or even if we didn't, we think of the way that we were educated 
to be kind of a standard, like school should look that way, a classroom should look that way, students should be taught that way. And if, if it differs from that, then we start to wonder, like, are students learning and so on. And it's not that these questions are not important, but I feel like there's a, a certain bias, like we expect things to look like the way it should when we were in school. Um, I don't know if you feel that way as well. Like, do you, if you feel like this bias is there? I didn't have a good feeling about the education that I had, and I was very um, unsatisfied with the education that I received, so I wanted to change. So that's what drove me to become an educator. So I'm not sure about you all. I think that sometimes it's these two forces, right? I was very happy with the education that I had, and I want to do the same. So I want to become a teacher, or I'm very... Uh, unsettled, I don't like the way I was educated, so I want to change. So what what was the force that uh, drove you to this field? I don't know if anything necessarily drove me to the field. I don't think I was attracted to it because I thought it needed to be fixed or that I knew how to fix it. It's just something that I think I would enjoy. Although kind of strangely, I was a very quiet student myself. So I completely understand that that part of it as well. The reason why I chose this major, actually, I was applying for the TESOR major at first, but the school sent me the letter, uh, the, the email, and uh, asked me, would you like to address your major? And then I do, I, I do did the research for the tech, educational technology area, the field in America, both in uh, Asian country. And I found that it is uh, e-learning or online learning is the challenge in the future for anywhere like because it's convenience is low limitation for the location and it's they it has the flexible times so uh, finally i would like to, i I'm looking forward to study in in this major in our uh school and the second point i just i want to talk about is that actually not the parents even though in some university administrator they also have the bias against the students who have obtained online remote doctor or master degrees. And I also find this evidence in the paper uh, wrote by Quan and named the perceptions and career perspective of the distant doctor, doctor of educational degree. And they say that because most of the uh, administrators think uh, online learning have the low quality and less rigorous assessments. So all of the students who get the the online a graduate from the online programs might be not reliable or not that uh, authentic. So that's also why in the in this article they did the research. The results show that students also uh, grade online learning low because they uh, because of the lower learning efficiency and the people's bias. Yeah, and I think the bias is definitely there. Um, I think it's changing um, in the past. Online learning was often associated with for-profit universities that are not necessarily high quality. And I think that was why there was a bias in there. But I think a lot of, you know, as more universities start to adopt online learning, a few weeks ago, you had learned about MOOCs and MOOCs were actually taken up by prestigious universities like MIT and Harvard. And they were the ones who were driving um MOOCs. And now many of the prestigious universities are um, doing online degrees as well. I think that perception has changed. And there are definitely people who might question that. And I think it, it's, it takes time for those perceptions to change. Going back to what Clara had said earlier, now that so many, everyone, I guess, is forced to do online learning, maybe that perception would change, hopefully it would change for the better. I'm hoping too. I think that I hope that when you apply for a job, you will be very valued because you're getting this degree right now and it's very needed. So people in this field are needed to guide others. Um, the thing is that um, before that, I have a presentation about online learning and my classmate asked me a question and he said, does, this is the time for us to use the, the technology to use the online learning. And I think I talked to uh, him that 
this is the perfect time that people realize that online learning is really important and it, it plays a really important role in people's education and also in the future education. Because uh, this period, we can't go to the campus, right? And we have to study at home. But if we don't know how to design an online class, we don't have the online learning, how can people to study? How can them to finish their uh, study, to finish their uh, major? So I think technology gives people the opportunities to, to finish their work, to finish their study, and also a ability for the people who have work. You know, sometimes people uh, have work at office, they want to improve themselves. They want to continue to study. But in the traditional uh, education, they have to quit their job or they just have the weekends or holidays to take class. But now technology gave them the uh, opportunity to take the online class. And I have some classmates, they take the online class and they, uh, uh, they do their work and also uh, continue to study. So I think maybe... It's not only that uh, in this period people can take class at home or at anywhere safety, but also for the people who have work, who uh, stay at office, they can also continue to their, improve themselves to get new ability, to get new skills. So I think technology not bring only bring us the, the for us to, for us for we uh, stay at uh, stay at home, but also for them to have the opportunity to continue their learning yeah that's my opinion excuse me i have a question for both uh, professors like for the online learning how uh, do you have the experience like to avoid students cheating during uh, the online quiz or exam i'm so interested about that i think um the idea of cheating is um interesting right because it all depends on what you consider assessment to be and uh, how you as a professor or teacher you design your own assessments so if you give students a, a more traditional test then there is that concern with uh cheating and if they um because it's online right so you can use materials at home or you can use the internet. I know there are ways of blocking uh, this access, but there's no way because if you have two devices, I think it's hard to block any kind of access. But I think that if you have a different idea of assessment, uh, then that's not really a problem. What I feel that um, online learning has really afforded me as an educator is really using different kinds of assessments. So for example, the discussions, right? And creating rubrics for the discussion, um, projects, right? Uh, group projects, collaboration. So these to me are more valid ways of assessing, but it is really a concern in education in general, how we are gonna move to more standardized assessments um, online, right? In the online environment. I know right now, most uh, te uh, standardized tests, uh, federal and, and state tests, have been canceled because they have not found a way of uh, implementing those tests uh, in the online environment because of cheating. So um, I, I, let's see if they find a solution or they decide to change completely the way they assess students, which would be really great. I personally have never been a fan of tests, and I use quizzes as a way to check for kind of understanding, but those are ungraded quizzes. And so you are not penalized for that. It's not just entirely for the reason of avoiding cheating. It's more kind of my, my own kind of personal take on assessment. In terms of just generally, um, like Clara said, there are ways that people have tried to lock down browsers so that you can't open another website. I don't think that prevents people from having a tablet next to them or having another computer next to them. Um, I think I read somewhere that maybe they require the webcam to be on so that they can monitor you. I think that's a little bit creepy and I'm I'm not I don't know if that's the best way to do that. I know the tests like the um the SATs that students here have to take to get into college are going to be online so I'd, I'd be curious about what they do. In terms of assessment in general like a, a more precise way or better way of doing assessment is to ask questions that are hard to cheat on. So I should also say there are other types of cheating where you have someone else write your paper or you, if you find, if you look for another paper online that just the same question to prevent that, it, the how you do that is to ask a question that is unique 
that is not kind of a generic question that people can look up on. I mean, that would be the way I I would address cheating. I guess there's no perfect way to avoid it uh, in any system, whether it's in person or not. But I think in terms of online, that would be the the way I would personally um, prevent cheating or or minimize it anyway. Actually, as an international student, so uh, at the beginning, to uh, the all of the questions or the problems is related to the language. So, I do see some a classmate from the last semester, because they use the Google Translate to <laughs> to help them to correct their or grammarly to correct their uh, papers and translate some specific uh, terms or words sentence and. Uh, later, the professor, the writing from the uh, writing class, said that it's also belong to the uh, dishonesty, right? Even though it's not plagiarism. So that's why just this idea come out in my mind. So I just have the question. I do think Google Translate is a wonderful tool, and I think that it. Uh, I think that it has to be used wisely. I use Google Translate all the time. So I'm going to give you an example. I was asked to do um, a tutorial in Portuguese. And that's my first language for students uh, in, in K-12 who, are, who speak Portuguese and uh, using Google Classroom. And they gave me the script in English, right, to uh, use and translate into Portuguese. So do you think I'm going to spend two hours or more translating the whole script into Portuguese, although it's my first language. No, right? I'm gonna go, so what I did was I went to Google Translate, I translated everything, and then what I did is read through and correct it, right? Correct uh, the sentences and words that didn't make sense, and because Google Translate is not perfect, although it's getting really good. So I think that, um, uh, I, I think it's a balance, right? It's I, I, I do still feel that it's your work because it's your words and it's your thinking and uh, it's a tool that helps you refine your 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 English skills. So, but that's my opinion. Uh, but I know that many other people don't have the same opinion. I have a, a teacher and she uh, didn't allow us use the any translation tools when we are writing. So and and he, uh, she has a way to uh, keep the supervision about everyone's writing because she told us to write the paper on Google Drive and share with her and every comment she will see every comment. So if you copy from other paper or copy from the Google translation, she will find it. So everyone have to write it in English. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that I understand where the teacher is coming from in terms of wanting you to practice English, but I do feel also then in the times that we live in, and that's for you not to feel guilty about using Google Translate. I feel that we have more tools nowadays to help us improve and Google Translate, I wish I had, had had Google Translate when I was learning English uh, in the beginning because it does really allow you to refine your language and use it in, in, in more sophisticated ways and gives you ideas on words and, and still your thinking, it's still your words, it's still your writing. I think it does allow you to learn more. For example, if you're still learning English, the Google Translate will give you really new words to to use and play with so i feel that it's kind of a loss not to use a tool that is available now for us i really don't know kind of how i feel about it because on the one hand i agree with you clara that it is a tool that we use in everyday life and like when i travel to a country where i can't speak the language i use google translate to understand like a menu or directions or anything like that on the other hand if the point of your class is to learn the language, then it seems like Google Translate would kind of defeat the purpose. And well, maybe not defeat the purpose. I think the use of Google Translate would undermine it and, and make it. Um, and I mean, if you are actually learning from Google Translate, if you are doing the translation, if you're using it to check your translation or something, I think you can make an argument for that. I'm comparing it to like using a calculator almost. Like I, I think most people won't, don't think that using a calculator is cheating. 
like if you are able to learn from Google Translate, that would be good. But if you are just using it to get over the homework, that might not be the most helpful thing. As you were all talking, I was trying to think. Um, just Clara, what we had recorded about gamification, I was wondering, like, can there be an incentive for students to unpack their learning, even if they use Google Translate, if they can, I don't know, like, if they can be rewarded for detecting errors in the translation or anything like that? I, I was trying to think of some way of using Google Translate or any translation tool productively, because I think, especially with an online class, it's going to be hard to monitor for that type of thing. Yeah, that's interesting. I feel that the use of any tool is uh, undermining when you just use it and that's it, right? So, for example, you just use Google Translate, uh, you write something, let's say I write something in Portuguese I using Google Translate and that's it, and I turn it in to my, my professor or my teacher. I think that's, a, first, that would look very poor, right, in terms of, of the work itself. So I think that it's always a starting point. And using Google Translate, and then you go back and reread it and try to uh, work again on the document, refining it. And that in itself is such a great way of learning. But you need that second step, for sure. If you just stop at the first step, you're not learning. In the online learning class, you are asked to design an online, a fully online unit, um, like a mini unit, and um, on any topic that you want and on any platform that you want. And I know in that class, there are some students who are teachers, some, some who are training to be teachers or who want to be teachers, some who are currently teaching. So there's some variety in that. And so both of you are doing that right now. And I was going to ask you, well, just in general, kind of your experience and also like what were some things you learned from that experience? Uh, I am the part of the, the who are not a teacher. I just want to be a teacher in the future. So I don't have the teaching experience. And it's really a big challenge for me to uh, design an online unit. And my online unit is a... Um, is the primary school geography class and the topic is the European geography. And um, the first unit is an overview of European geography. And then I will introduce some of the European countries in the next unit, for example, the uh, England, France, uh, Italy, and Norway. And I think it is, uh, I used the, I chose the platform, the, the model cloud. And I think uh, maybe I'm the, the only one who chose the, the platform, I think, in all class. And this platform is really good. And you can do a lot of things in here. You can design a quiz and you can do a participation. You can also uh, share a, a video or other things. But one the, the biggest challenge I, I have made is that I don't know how to, how to operate it. I don't know how to design it in the Moodle cloud. And fortunately, they have a class uh, tell you how to be a teacher in the Moodle cloud. And I spent two days to start it because it's really hard. Even you have the, the uh, instructional videos, even you have the, uh, the explanations, but when you operate it, when you, when you design it, it's really hard because there are several uh, differences between every class. So, but I found when I designed a class, I think designed a unit, I think it's really interesting the, the, the experience when I uh, found how to design it. And first I should find a topic and I should, because the students are primary school students, they didn't need to know too much about the geography. They, she, uh, they just need to, I think maybe they just need to know the country's name, the country's flags and well, it's the country. I don't want my students think that maybe France is in Asia. So I think if the student know the France is, is a European country, I think it's, it's very good. So uh, uh, I think the, the Moodle pro provides the student many ways to learn. And, but for the, the operation, it's really hard for me. So, and during the teaching process, I, I really need the student's participation. And it can help me to continue my teaching process because I designed several steps that when the students give my uh, feedback and I will give him feedback so the teaching process can keep doing. So I think the, the participation of the students is really important for me when I was running my uh, online unit. 
you bring up an interesting point that we have been talking a lot about lately, like what is best for what level? And I kind of agree with you that Moodle, to me, is not really friendly for primary students. There are a few other uh, course management systems for younger learners that I feel I'm, I'm, I'm seeing that I feel are more kid-friendly. So, for example, Seesaw is one that is really great. The students can, can record their answer right away through a... Um, uh, it's a kind of online portfolio platform, so they, they can upload their work, and when they upload their work, they have the option of drawing, they have the option of uploading a picture or a video, and then they have the option of right away, just by clicking on one icon, recording their voice over their work. So I think Seesaw is really cool for um, younger learners. And the other one is Google Classroom too. Google Classroom I feel is one of those that is in between. Um, but uh, I have been hearing a lot from elementary teachers and Seesaw is a really good um, alternative. So you should explore that too and compare it with Moodle. Because Moodle I think is more used in college. It's really hard, and even for not only for me, but also for my student. And I have a, a peer and who are a student in this uh, this week's online unit, and she didn't know how to join my class. She just joined my school, so I sent an email to tell her how to join my class, and I post also show the pictures step by step. So yeah, I agree with you. Maybe the Moodle is not uh, so friendly for the primary school student. Yeah. I was going to say Jan is using Google Classroom, right? So do you want to talk a little bit about your unit? Yeah, the topic of my online unit is the introduction to uh, Excel. And it's kind of the interesting and some struggle for me both. I, real I really like to uh, probe a new applications or technique, whether online or for um, advanced products. And I find that it's interesting to learn how to use the Google Classroom and study how uh, operations. And, and there are students in our in my unit who will like uh, interact with me. And our, our professor also will to participate in my uh, unit as a student with other classmates and leave uh, the comments or message and interact with me in a real pr a practice way. And the language and cultural issues are also inevitably to avoid. And in fact, uh, the most difficult problem is logic thinking, like how uh, Western people, the way how Western people to think and to teach. And last week, our professor just provided the podcast resource, resource the, the cut of the pedagogy. And after I listened to it, I realized that the same of teaching, uh, there are I still have uh, many uh, differences between the East and West. And in the podcast, the host emphasized that the importance of learning process, such as uh, teachers need to show the specific details about the process of uh, weather system in class and let students really understand the knowledge they are uh, learning right now. But uh, in many other countries, indeed, they just prefer less students to accept knowledge passively, like uh, uh, teachers explain the knowledge and ask some questions and that's it and then uh, students might need to spend extra time and need to uh, figure out by themselves after class and it's just my personal opinion and it's not necessarily accurate but after class students may need to study this knowledge not like uh, teachers will not be so specific and that's the how I learned and how I feel about to design the online unit. Clara, do you know the podcast uh, Cult of Pedagogy? No, I was so interested when you mentioned it, Ian. Um, but also I was very interested in what you said about the different cultures and, and, and language is inevitable, right, to getting to that, um, the design. So, for example, even what you mentioned about testing and so, for example, if you're going to go uh, teach in an environment where traditional tests are more uh, common, then your online uh, learning and online design will be different than in another environment where you could be uh, you could explore more student-centered pedagogies for example 
and assessments. So that's so true. The uh, the cult of pedagogy. The episode that I had them listen to is um, it's called uh, to learn something. Something I don't know if I'm getting the title exactly right, but to learn something, students need to do something um, or something along those lines. And I think the host was complaining about how when she asked her stu- her um, her kids what they learned or what they did from school, they would say, oh, "We we can fill that worksheet or something along those lines." And it kind of made me think about like what is the work of the the teacher, the educator. You know, we've had so much technology now. We have so much resource now in terms of videos, in terms of websites, and so on. And I think for me, the work of the teacher is more than just picking a video, picking a reading, and then finding a worksheet, and then presenting it to the students. I think when it comes to instructional design, it's about the sequencing and the experience, like what learning experience do you want students to go through because anyone can go pick a video and pick a worksheet right um the challenge for the teacher is to know the exact combination of things and and i'm for the most part i'm I'm not a big fan of just using worksheets and assignments that other teachers have already done because they don't know your students and you know your students better and you should design your own kind of learning material and and know what you want them to do. That's one reason why I had uh, the students listen to that podcast. I, I was going to ask, Clara, how do you kind of approach instructional design yourself? Like, what are the things, what's your thought process? I loved what you said about sequencing and experience, and I think I approach it in a similar way. I think teachers, they are worried about time and the timing of lessons, right? But the sequence is is sometimes downplayed, but what comes before, during, and after uh, the lesson or what you do in your in your modules, right, when you design them for online learning uh, is so crucial for success. And I think sometimes the, the role of sequence is not really um, sequencing, right, is not really as, as highlighted as um, timing and time management. One thing about the sequencing thing, the way I think about it, is that there's no one right sequence it really depends on what your experience is that's why you know i often think of like a game analogy it's like you're having a player go through a game and you want you do want them to get to the end and some games start easy and they become difficult some some are the other way around and and in a way a, a class is like that so for example like the quest to learn schools which is kind of designed around a game-based learning concept they would start with a very difficult challenge that they know students don't have the ability to solve yet. And then they will show them, the students, the way to get there. And because they introduce the, the problem in the beginning, the students can always refer to that. And, and so what they're learning always is always tied to this larger problem that they have to solve. And at the end of the unit, they solve the problem using all the skills that they have learned. So that's kind of one sequence. Um, the other kind of more conventional sequence and there's nothing wrong with that but a conventional sequence is kind of to build it kind of from complex uh, from simple to complex so there are no there's no single way of sequencing and and i think what i'm noticing in, in a lot of these units is sometimes i think for the most part the combination of activities are good but it's kind of out of order that's kind of how i feel about some of the units actually i think the sequence is very uh, important for me uh, not only as a student, but also as a uh, online unit teacher. Uh, first, as a student, I need to make my make a apply, make a list, tell me uh, what time to do everything, and I won't read the uh, article first and write down the questions the professor gave us and uh, response to the the questions and listen to other peers' uh, opinion and comments. And then after I finish that, I will. Uh, to write down a uh, main idea about the article I, I have read. And I also, I think it, it will feel, let, let me feel that I can uh, manage all of things and give me the confidence and not um, a mess. So I think it is really important for a student and also as a teacher, uh, when I design my online unit, I hope that the first tell the student the, the some common sense about Europe 
the geography Europe and then to tell them some several important country and several the, the climate, the uh, geography location and the major city of this country. So I think the sequence is very important and can help the student le- improve their learning efficiency. So you know what this, you want students to do. Think of how are you going to know that they did it successfully? What is the assessment, in other words? And then one step back from that is how do you help students get there? So that's called backwards design. You start at the end, which is you know the, the outcome, and then you plan backwards from there. Any of you could follow that format is to ask, like, what do you want students to be able to do when they finish your unit? And then kind of work backwards to you know, where they start. And I don't know, Clara, if that's the way you do kind of instructional design as well, or, or, I mean, there are a lot of models out there as well, so it's not the only one, but I know it's probably the most familiar one uh, here anyway. I use project-based learning. So I think it has a similar way of looking at backwards design because you start with the project, right? The project outcome and the project, what the project, what you want the project to look like, and then you go from there to planning your lessons. In a way, I think it's similar, but um, I love the idea of projects and learn by doing, like the podcast. And, and, and there is a sequence, uh, sequencing to project-based learning is so important too, right? And I agree, there's no right sequencing. However, I do think that in the beginning, um, it's important to tie learning to background knowledge, the student's background knowledge and student interest. Uh, so I think to me, that's always a starting point. How about you, everyone? What's your starting point? And for my online uh, unit, the starting point is to uh, introduce some basic practical uh, use for uh, functions to the learners who don't have the, any uh, background information or uh, afraid of to learn the, how to use the Excel. And the order of my uh, online unit is that I designed the introduction part and then uh, to introduce each items and each features on the Excel. And in the end of my uh, online unit, I designed a survey kind of like to, to co- I hope to collect the feedback from my classmates that how do they uh, think about my uh, online unit and so I can to improve them better. And I also, uh, before the survey, I also put the assessment each week after the videos and the uh, in the future, I may, I may also add some other materials from uh, the other place. And then it's the service order. Yes, I, I, I asked a, a difficult question because I do feel that um, sequencing is not really very visible, but so important. So I was wondering how you were thinking about sequencing. It's not easy, an easy question. Even for me, I have to think a lot about how I'm sequencing things and if the sequencing is working, etc. I'm always rethinking my sequencing. Thank you both for coming on and talking to us. Yes, you're very generous with your time and we so appreciate it. Thank you. Um, have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Have a nice day. Bye.